The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to have you in on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you. We are loaded up, man. Plenty of room for you and some great insight on Boomer Suter's move to the SEC. Longtime coaches show host with the Bob Stoops Show and the Lincoln Riley Show. Uh, sportscaster of the Year with News 9 down in Oklahoma City. Former Sooner. Dare I say the author of Sooner Magic, Dean Blevins, going to be with us. We'll talk with Dean here in about 25 minutes, get the lowdown here on just how this uh, <laughs> this happened with uh, with Oklahoma and Texas off to the SEC. They made their, their formal, hey, uh, <clears throat> SEC, can we join your league, man? We'll bring the Funyuns and the Doritos and some Cheetos, baby. Uh, so, yeah, we'll get the OU lowdown from Dean Blevins in Hour 2. It's a Tuesday with Kaz. Rick Kaczynski, we'll get Kaz's take. He's close to the SEC with where he's at. Uh, he's close to the ACC with uh, his connections in Clemson and South Carolina. And, of course, he's a, a former Notre Dame standout. So, uh, that all mixes well with uh, a little bit more realignment talk. We'll dive into some thoughts on Adrian Martinez. You know, what can this uh, this fourth year look like for Adrian? Some NFL news and notes to get into. And as said, plenty of room for you. Can dial up 466 Five. Those are the numbers. Can find and follow us. Do so on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal and can email Chris at AleVarsity.com. Check the podcast out. Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. Uh, the Straight Up Breakdown with Greg Smith. We had a fun time recording that yesterday. So that's uh, with your Herd at Media platform uh hail varsity uh brandon vogel's podcast aaron Sorensen, the whole crew is uh, all over it love uh love talking sports and uh, heard that'll be that center spot for you give us a review good bad or ugly there's the pitch how you doing today elijah it's tuesday you're, you're wearing sleeves but i would have forgiven you if you'd, you came in uh, without any sleeves due to the heat index. Well, I, I changed shirts just before I came in here because You're doing yard work, dude. No, that uh, that roommate that I told you moved in last week you moved him? out today. Oh, so you helped him move out? Yeah, he got himself a, a gig down in Dallas with the uh, the Dallas Wings of the WNBA. So he is packing up uh, the U-Haul this Good afternoon, work. and he is headed out to Dallas tomorrow. So that's nice. As I get a 
a little more space in my house again. But then I, it was also disappointing because this morning before I helped him move, I took the uh, the spare change I've been saving up for the past four years, for four years of college. So you hauled that spare change in? Hauled that spare change in. How much? And, uh, I'm getting there. Um, because it was very disappointing. More or less than the SEC makes in a college football season. <laughs> much, much less. <laughs> um, well, well, the problem was was I, I keep this change jar. It's, it's a it's a Ziploc bag. I keep it in my car. It's a swear jar. Just yes. Well, and the problems become that whenever I go downtown and park, I just pull out the quarters and use them in the parking meters because you know. Mm-hmm. So, but the problem became was I had like four hundred pennies in that bag and like fifty quarters, so it came out to forty one dollars and sixty something cents. All right, so ten dollars a year. Dinner's on you. Cool. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm paying off that steak, steak and a beer. And a beer. <laughs> steak and a beer from from Elijah. He had to go kill his piggy bank to to get the change out. So what is is next here is is kind of the question as as you think about it, and we'll talk to Dean Blevins about this and and I'm just wondering if if the SC, if the SEC stops at Oklahoma and Texas do they just stop at Oklahoma and Texas or do they go bigger and better does the ACC react and who dies Big 12 AAC Pac 12 I mean those are some questions I have I think the Big 10's fine I don't believe I I don't believe the SEC will be able to pull off getting a Clemson and a Notre Dame to come to the SEC. I don't believe that the SEC would would go get Michigan and Ohio State. I don't think it's for lack of effort, or I don't think that email or phone call or let's grab a drink. It's probably happened. But I think right now, the Big Ten's on solid enough footing because of, of revenue and TV viewership that, that they're good. Right now, the Big Ten is taking phone calls, okay? They're taking phone calls, and they, are, they, they can't stand Pat. I know they don't have to, to make a move just for the sake of making move. You want to go quality with the quantity. It can't be quantity over or over quality you can't you can't go that route if you're the big 10 just add names to add names no but we talked about it a little bit yesterday with some strategic names out there and and what i can see happening is listen when it comes to viewership and tvs and people watching the big 12 okay people watching the big 12 watched Oklahoma and they watched Texas. 87% of the tier one rights were spent on either Oklahoma or Texas or both. So that's 13% left over of tier one rights spent by ESPN and Fox on the rest of the Big 12. So it makes total sense for, for OU and Texas to say, look, we've carried your butt long enough, Big 12. We've reaped rewards because it's been a a 10-team league. We've been able to get into the playoff. Oklahoma has anyway. And we've been able to make a a boatload of money. But when push came to shove about, let's talk about TV deals, Oklahoma and Texas and the Big 12 as a whole were not going to be able to command much more money than they're making now. 
period. End of discussion. That is what what really forced Oklahoma and Texas to go into a new league, into a brutally tougher league. And the the reality is you've you've had good teams in there. I mean TCU's had seven top ten finishes under Gary Patterson. Oklahoma State's finished in the top twenty five nine times under the mullet. Oklahoma State's had a good football program. Iowa State is poised for great things with Coach Campbell. They were a top ten team last year. Baylor won the basketball championship and for a time were really good at football under Bryles. But just as a league as a whole, their TV value sucks. And it sucks even worse now without Oklahoma and Texas. Their TV value was Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah, at the end of the day, Texas and Oklahoma are almost 90% of the TV revenue, and they're getting, what, 20% together? They're each getting 10% of that, and they're making 90%? Yeah. I get it. Uh, I get the frustration. You get the frustration, and you can still go make your 20%, but your 20% is going to be a sick, sick number with the SEC. Because the SEC, 2018-2019... They earned $925 million in TV revenue. Think about that. They, they almost equaled what, what the NCAA made. Meanwhile, you're having to kick back to the NCAA if you're the SEC. Well, and plus the fact that the SEC is going to have a new TV deal coming down the pipes here in and four years. And you're going to get $500 million a year from ESPN. Yep. Right? And meanwhile, you're, you're positioned well with the Big Ten, your network's money. You're good with Fox. Yeah, and Fox currently has half the TV rights of the Big Ten, and the, and the rumor on the street is they want to go expand and get the full TV rights of the Big Ten. They've loved that big noon kickoff slot. It, it works, and then they're partnered with, they own the Big Ten Network. Mm-hmm. So that that's in a lot of households, and it's not a cable thing anymore. It's just viewership for advertising. So if you're the Big Ten, you, you can't stand pat, but you've got to make the right call. Got to make the right call with who you do add. And, and that, to me, is I think you go try and see a blue blood for a blue blood, okay? And that means if, if the SEC added Texas and Oklahoma, not just recency from OU, but historically from Oklahoma, Texas thinks they're a lot better than they've been. They've been good from time to time, but they've been just okay. As much talent as they've had down there, uh, they need to be cranking out more than nine wins. They should be uh, Vince Young good more times than not, and they haven't been. So if you're the Big Ten, you got to counter a blue blood with a blue blood. What's what? What blue bloods are out there right now? Notre Dame and USC. USC is all concerned. I should say Notre Dame cares about three things. What's our viability with the college football playoff? Being in the ACC allows us have a good schedule, and can and they've made the playoff twice, okay, twice in the last five years, and they played for the national championship back in 2012. So Notre Dame's been fine. Uh, their, their Olympic sports need a home. They had that with the ACC because the rest of their sports can play in the ACC. And then what's going to do okay with NBC? And while NBC isn't CBS money right now to the SEC – or it's not what ESPN's going to pay for their continual tier, tier one rights for SEC money. It's still your own network. 
right? It's still one of the big three over-the-air networks, non-cable. You're Notre Dame, and you still have NBC. My thought is this. I'm so glad that Barry Alvarez is the special assistant to the commissioner. Now, you can freak out and be pissed about the I-course call. Totally get it. But when it comes to knowing college football and being able to talk to people and having relationships, Barry Alvarez is rock solid. Okay, And if we're talking league, Barry Alvarez can have a conversation and you can have a trusted conversation. I'll ask you this. You trust Barry, Barry Alvarez more than Kevin Warren when it comes to making a decision for football, big picture football? Do you want me to answer this? Yeah, I do. Yeah, hell yeah, I trust Barry Alvarez more than and I so trust does, Kevin Warren. And so do the rest of the athletic directors and college football coaches in the Big Ten. What you're going to have is this. You're going to have teams trying to find homes. It's musical chairs. It means Kansas is probably making a phone call. Uh, that means if you're the Pac-12, you have a better shot, I think, of finding your way to the Big Ten than are you going to be able to command TV money? You haven't been now. Pac-12 Network's been garbage. Pac-12's not earned anything close to what the Big Ten or the SEC has earned. If you're the Pac-12, it's easier for you to take your dudes and move into the Big Ten West Wing and then let, 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 a, let another conference, as the Big 12 goes away, merge with what's left over with the pack with with the Big 12 and the leftover Pac 12 move together or if you're the AAC we go back to TV dollars right the the, the number you make and get from TV with the AAC 7 million really good programs down there and the Big 12 was too good for you right when it came to trying to add Cincinnati or Central Florida a couple 3 years back i think the AAC makes more sense uh, to try and kind of strike a new deal and go pick who they want from the Big 12. That means Baylor. That means TCU. That means Oklahoma State. Probably Iowa State. I don't know. Iowa State and Kansas academically could fit into the Big 10. And football still makes okay money for, for KU and Iowa State, but it's not crazy money. I, I still say find a way to, to add the Pac-12. See, my, my problem with... Iowa State and Kansas as time goes on is you know Kansas against Minnesota does not have any more intrigue to me than Kansas against Oklahoma State but here's the thing what if Kansas gets like worth a damn like six and six seven and five but you can't be asking what if questions because well but that this is all a what if I mean it's it's still you look at the Kansas football program as a whole over the past 25 years and even those Charlie Weiss teams that were good they um, weren't they weren't good I mean they were good when they had fat man Gino down that's there. what I mean Gino but I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Both the, the sweat fans fit both guys. Yeah, is it still doesn't have that draws? And when I look at teams, say like a USC, USC against Utah is, is not the same draw that USC against Minnesota or USC against Iowa. Oh, completely. If you go at a team like that, you're going to be getting more eyes in the Big Ten than they're getting in the Pac-12. And that's why I think it makes sense for both sides, whereas I don't think it makes sense for the Big Ten as much when you look at Iowa State and Kansas. I, I'm, I'm, agree- I'm in agreement with you. I'd love to be able to still play some of the, the old Big 8, Big 12 regional schools for some non-conference. But what, what's non-conference going to look like? Because you're going to have probably four pods, and if you follow a model, you're going to have another division you play, kind of like when the NFC North plays the AFC South, a home-and-home in a given year. 
So, well, I, I think the question becomes is after seeing the, the Barstool announcement today that they're sponsoring the Arizona Bowl is who, which conference goes to the Barstool Sports Network? <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, you're going to have Netflix and, and Amazon Prime, and Amazon, and that, and, and you know Hulu. I mean, you're going to have those street. That, that's your next round of who's going to pay me, mm-hmm. along with ESPN and Fox, and and that'll be it. So, we'll dive some more into behind the the curtain with this Oklahoma decision to go to the SEC. Dean Blevins. Uh, Mr. Sooner Insider will be with us in a little bit. Rick Kaczynski, his take on the SEC, on Clemson, on Notre Dame, and what the Big Ten uh, can do and, and should do is on the way in a little less than an hour. Emails, get them in at chris at hailvarsity.com and find us on social, uh, ESPN Lincoln uh, Facebook, and, of course, uh, at ESPN Lincoln on Twitter, at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt, at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. Dean Blevins next, Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Let's talk Sooners to the SEC, uh, longtime, many times sportscaster of the year, Sooner Insider, host of the Lincoln Riley Show, Bob Stoops Show, and uh, with Newsnight in Oklahoma City, Dean Blevins, uh, former quarterback at Oklahoma, at Dean Blevins on Twitter. Dean, what's going on, man? Have you had a chance to sleep at all with uh, all the news? Good to spend time with you. Thanks. Uh, I tell you what, uh, who would have ever imagined uh, this? And, you know, I'm sure you've talked about the generational changes um, that have uh, taken place with, you know, the NCAA is about to be toast and uh, 12-team playoff, coming off COVID, all those things, you know. And now Oklahoma's going to go with Texas to the SEC. I'll tell you how, how big a story it is down here. I'm writing a script for my 6 o'clock sportscast that is a very stern and rare response from a uh, an Oklahoma coach toward the president uh, at OSU. Uh, she was very critical of uh, Oklahoma and its handling of the move to the SEC. And Bullet Mob comes back. Uh, you know the Stoops is <laughs> they're going to they're gonna jump back. So. Uh, Anyway, my point is, it's like the third or fourth thing in the show, but there's so much going on related to it. Well, yeah, Oklahoma State's president went off, went off on Twitter yesterday and shamed Oklahoma, called you, I mean, it was the, the, the traitor insinuation and following Texas. And Dean, let me ask you this. Did the S- let, me, let me say one, sure. let me say yes, one yes. thing. I'm, I'm looking at this statement as you're saying that. And Bob jumps on the, she was wrong with this, this, and this. But he, he couldn't resist getting a shot in here, I think, because she, one of the things she said was that Oklahoma uh, followed Texas into the SEC. That was carefully worded. Bob comes back and says uh, toward the end of his comment, the reality is that conferences are now more important than ever. And with limited spots, the strongest conferences would not accept OU if we were to require OSU to join as well. Wow. 
That's that's well, that's right on. I mean, you've taken Oklahoma has taken care of a lot of Big 12 schools for a lot of years, especially post Nebraska. And uh, begrudgingly, uh, Nebraska fans will say, yeah, Texas has been been pretty, pretty important as well. Dean, in your in your thought on this, this move. Did the SEC say, hey, what are you what are you doing? Or do you think it was more about Oklahoma and hey, if we stay here, there's a ceiling on how much money we can earn? Well, I I think that there have been talks, uh, general talks, uh, going on for a long time. Um, But um, the thing that that got it going, got it over the hump, if you will, uh, they got Oklahoma and Texas aggressively evaluating the situation. They've been doing it for a year, by the way. It's unbelievable. The story didn't break. But the thing that tipped it over was that, you know, ESPN comes out and gives their TV contract to the SEC of some $300 million. And uh, they, did, they made another deal with another conference. And so the Big 12 called and said it's ESPN and Fox. And they called and said, hey, we'd like to uh, begin negotiations uh, with our deal. And they were met with indifference, um, meaning that th- they weren't going to get anywhere close to what they had been getting, and OU's been disappointed in their share anyway. So when that happened, that was the telltale sign that, man, it's time to move on. Looking at the long term, Chris, you've got 16-team conferences. We're going to be proactive and be ahead of the game. And that's what got it started and the thinking. Dean, is the SEC done with just you two? When it comes to additions, um, I think so. But you know, Sankey is a terrific uh, and strong commissioner, and I know there's been talk um, about expanding to 20. So this would push it to um, 16, and that's been you know uh, what everybody's talking about. Ultimately, four conferences of, of 16 teams. Well, I think he's sitting there going, "Hey, if I can get, for example, Notre Dame." And Clemson, maybe he can't. I think he could get Clemson. But if he said, hey, let's bring those two in, and my gosh, we'll own this thing. Um, so that's possible. That's possible. And, and don't say, I, I, don't, I think the chances are, are low that uh, Notre Dame would even join something like that. But, um, but, but, but the 20 number has been talked about. When it comes to the Big Ten, do you, do you believe that, Maybe there's been some some overtures to an Ohio State or Michigan. I mean, when we talk about this monster yeah. league, yeah, um, those were the two schools. Uh, those were two of the other schools mentioned. I, I saw I saw some reports and have talked to some people that have have mentioned four teams, and so they would be the other two. Uh, my goodness, mm. my goodness, you guys need them. You know, you need them up there. So. What 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 do you what do you think happens with the rest of the Big Twelve? Do they merge with well, the, the AAC, 12, or what? What do you think next? The Big Twelve wants to stay together as long as it can to keep receiving checks, their TV checks. Oklahoma and Texas will owe eighty million apiece if this thing plays out per the rights agreement that are in place right now through four more seasons, OU would play four more seasons in the Big 12, and it wouldn't be until 2025 that uh, 
they would make the move, it's going to happen sooner than that. But if if all that happens, that, that's ideal for the Big 12 remaining Big 8. But there's no one going to pay anything for the eight remaining schools. It's going to be minuscule. So without going into too much more time uh, on, on the angle we're talking about here, Chris, I think the OSUs have to knock on Big Ten and Pac-12, perhaps, but probably not the ACC. And I don't know how that's going to be received, and we know how the academic part of it um, has has not been good for schools around here, more so Oklahoma State than uh, Oklahoma. Dean Blevins is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Dean, I, I got to get your take on, well, we know this is going to be good for Oklahoma and good for the SEC when you just look about the revenue that this is going to bring in. But when you look at the NCAA, they've been losing power this summer with name, image, and likeness, um, kind of right. power going to the players. Now, this is power going to a, another conference in the SEC. Do you think this is bad news bears for the, the NCAA and, and their longevity in this sport? Yeah, I, I think the NCAA is, I mean, I, I would bet big money that uh, the NCAA's days are numbered, uh, and it's just a matter of time. There's a lot of boxes that have to be checked for OU and Texas to end up on the gridiron and basketball courts and playing SEC teams. Um, but I think the you can check the box of the NCAA being no more, um, probably in fairly short order. Dean with uh, Oklahoma. How crazy does that sound? Well, huh? it's been a long time coming, right? Just, oh, I know. Right, yeah. with just their, their management and their commission <laughs> on things. Right. So, <laughs> you know, the, so a long time coming. Dean Blevins with us, uh, News 9, Oklahoma City, uh, Sooner Insider with us, Alvar City Radio, at Dean Blevins on Twitter. Twitter. Now, Dean, when it comes to, to fit in the SEC, Nebraska – uh, has had some some interesting times trying to adjust to the Big Ten. It started off okay, and, and then it wasn't, and now they're, they're trying to get back to that adjustment phase. We'll see. With Oklahoma, Texas, you guys score a lot of points. How do you see the, the initial fit with what OU can do when it comes to wins and losses in the league, even if it's as soon as 2022? Well, Chris, you know that I, I don't blow smoke about Oklahoma. I call it like it is, and I think that's why you call me. Yes. And so I'm going to say something that's very positive about Oklahoma uh, right now, and it's in my gut feeling. And that is Lincoln Riley's taking this program where it hasn't been before. Is it good enough right now, this coming season, to go beat the Alabamas and win a national championship? I'm very skeptical of that, but it's much closer now. The job that uh, Alex Grinch has done defensively has been just unbelievable. They're bringing in a, a quality of player. They're, they're bringing in SEC-type players to Oklahoma. And so uh, Oklahoma is headed up, and but they've not been able to, to reach that point because they lose a lot of fantastic players who end up going, you know, it's OU or the SEC, and they go to the SEC. So the belief is that Oklahoma will really upgrade its recruiting from what it is right now, uh, and where they are right now is pretty competitive. I mean, you guys are coming to town. I don't know how that game will go, but um, Oklahoma's a, a lot better. They're they're much better. They're not the team. I'll put it this way: they weren't the team. They aren't the team 
that LSU barbecued and that uh, Alabama has handled a couple of times. So they're better there. What about Texas? Uh, from your sight line, well, is Texas going to be all of a sudden improved? Or are they still struggling to get to eight or nine wins? Well, I said I, I thought Tom Herman would win. I was wrong. And boy, I never was a fan. But anyway, um, but I believe much more so that Sark will win there. He's already recruiting extremely well. It's been an upgrade. But the biggest thing he's already done, Chris, I just got back from Big 12 Media Days, talking with the players there and, and hearing Sark's words about basically taking from Alabama, he comes in with that cred, so the players listen to him intently. They believe him. People didn't believe Tom Herman. They believed him. They bought in. And what he's telling them is that, hey, Texas has thought in the past that you, you win games and championships because your school's got a lot of money, you've got a big, a nice stadium, um, and, uh, you know, you have a bunch of great recruits. He says that's not how you win. You win by doing things right, doing things the way Saban has done it down there. And they bought into it. It's a long way of saying I think Texas will be back and be back uh, much better even this year. Last thought here, Dane, about 30 seconds. Uh, we can talk about Texas and Oklahoma playing in the SEC all we want, but we won't know the results until they're actually playing in the SEC. Right now, Big 12 bylaws say 2023 is the earliest they can go. Do you think it's going to take that long? Uh, that's realistic. So that would be – I see them perhaps getting out after this season. I'd put it at 25%, but I'd probably put it at 50% that next year. Uh, it will not go – uh, four more seasons. Dean Blevins, Sooner Insider News 9, Oklahoma City at Dean Blevins on Twitter. Dean, we're headed down to Norman, my man. We will see you ah, down in Norman. Fantastic. Fantastic. Looking forward to it. Hey, appreciate your time at Inside, buddy. Thank you so much. You bet. Take care, guys. All right. There he is, Dean Blevins with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Great insight there on Oklahoma, their decision process, and where they could stack up. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Good insight on the Sooners, their trip to the SEC, their move from Dean Blevins, Sooner Insider, News 9, Oklahoma City, that posted on the ESPN uh, Lincoln Twitter feed, also the on-demand section, ESPNLincoln.com. And part of that interview, the SoundCloud will be up. And, yeah, it just came down to Sika and tired of, of carrying uh, eight other schools financially. And, yeah, the, the, the tipping point, the breaking point, as Dean said, about a year in discussions was when – the SEC got paid for, for media rights, and the Big 12, well, we'll, we'll talk to you later, Fox and ESPN. We like you, Oklahoma. We like you, Texas. Don't care about the other eight. And that's the reality. It's TV and money, baby. Well, I mean, have you watched more Big 12 games not featuring Texas and Oklahoma than AAC games? I feel like I've, I watched more of Houston last year than Kansas. Well, clearly. <laughs> Cl- clearly. And, and 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 listen, you're just you're scoping out the old Dana Holgerson skullet. I know you. You look for mullets in the wild. 
So, yeah, you're watching Houston over Kansas. Of course you are. So let's talk Nebraska here. Uh, Thursday, we'll have coverage of the Huskers Media Day as they get ready for Fan Day uh, this week. And uh, plenty of uh, players available. That'll be cool. So when we talk about Adrian Martinez, 2 a.m., fourth straight year as starter, three seasons of up and downs, and you have experience, you have talent, and if you're a Nebraska fan, hopefully you have an injury-free fourth season. So a lot riding on the year, and, and I'm interested here with, you know, how far Adrian can take Nebraska. But, but my question is this, you know, how, how far or how much weightlifting does Adrian have to do? And I think this year can be different with just the amount of, of baggage he's got to haul. Baggage with looking over his shoulder, who's, who's chasing me. You need competition, but am I going to get yanked and are they going to put somebody that's worse than me in to take snaps and not help win games? Uh, am I going to be able to throw to receivers that, that get open or can separate? And am I going to be able to throw to receivers that can, can win a 50-50 ball? Because physically, they're as big or bigger than the, the safety or, or defensive backer, linebacker trying to check them. And when it comes to carrying the load here, yes, Adrian will have to be really good turnover-wise. Adrian's going to have to stay healthy. I don't know if that means running less or just better at staying healthy. But I do know that you've had an off-season and a spring to work with people. That's got to be incredible. And is it fair to say, is it too Kool-Aid-ish for me to look at the, the running back options and the receiver options and the offensive line and go, you know what? There's got to be somebody. There's got to be a couple of dudes in the receiver room at tight end that are going to make his life easier throwing the football. Is it okay to look at the running back room and say, you know what, they'll find a couple of guys that they can lean on and run the football. And, oh, by the way, let's, let's shuffle in Coach Lubick with a little bit more control. And when he called plays, Rutgers, Purdue, that's probably the best Adrian's looked. Obviously, turnovers notwithstanding that first half. But you were carving up yards against Rutgers. I realize we're talking Rutgers and Purdue. <laughs> but if we're just talking offensive output, right, that's more what you need to look like if you're Nebraska 28-31-35 instead of 21 to 23 points, which you'd been average, been averaging in Big Ten play. So, you know, how much, how much of the heavy lifting will Adrian have to do? Same amount, more, less, I'm going to liken what he'll have at his disposal, offensive line, skill guys, running back, to what he had in 2018. If that's the case, with an improved defense and he takes care of the football or has help taking care of the football, you don't have to feel that squeeze, that pressure. You can just go play ball. Easier said than done, Elijah, but that's where I'm at. 
I don't look. I mean, Adrian's the trigger guy. Adrian, the team will go how he goes. But I think he can have an easier path of it, despite the schedule, because of what's around him. That's how I'm looking at this season when, when, when I do the math on Adrian Martinez and say, okay, what, what are the likely, what are the potential outcomes? What's his performance going to be like? And I think he could just, he could have an incredible season. He could ball. Scott Frost talked to us last week. He's like, look, man, he's got the, the ability to be player of the year. And I, I believe that because of his talent. But what's held him back? Turnovers, indecision, confidence, and injury. And I think injury has been a big part of that. And he's, he's tried to do too much because he didn't have a lot of help. Uh, he's had to be a one-man band at different points and in different games in his career. Well, he's got, he's got some help. Not calling him Zeppelin, but he's got some help uh, with, uh, with someone on the drums, bass, and guitar versus the vocals. And with the, the strength that's returning on defense this year for Nebraska, I mean, you don't need your offense to go light it up and be the best offense in the Big Ten. If you can have uh, a top five Big Ten defense and a top eight Big Ten offense, be better. you're good enough to at least make a bowl game, and that's what the Husker fans are looking for this year. You don't need to have all-conference guys everywhere on offense, but you need to have an offense that has some strengths and is good enough to be able to use those strengths to mask their weaknesses. Last year, I couldn't tell you what a strength of the offense was. Uh, the running game was... When they, when, they, when they ran it, when they ran the ball with the quarterback, I mean, and then I mean, there are the times whenever uh, you had a, a healthier Dedrick Mills back there that the run game found some success, and it felt like the offense as a whole found some success because you could hide your weaknesses, which were, I believe, to be the wide receivers last season. Sure, if you can find some strength in this offense, something you can go to, you can hide your weaknesses. If, if we don't know who the running back is going to be this year, maybe that's your weakness on offense, and you can hide that with some, I mean, a very good receiver, at least by all accounts, in Samari Toure. Mm-hmm. Omar Manning's got all the physical traits. Uh, Adrian Martinez is a, a senior quarterback that's seen it all in the Big Ten. You should be able to hide those weaknesses. And, and all you really are looking for from this offense is to not be terrible. Well, if, if they can at least be average in the Big Ten, it should be good enough to get Nebraska to six wins. You can find enough consistency to win some coin flips and win some, some games as favorites. You can find consistency on the offensive line. You can find some consistency in a couple of pass catchers and your tight ends. And you can find consistency at uh, at running back because you had consistency with with Mills like you touched on until he got dinged and then you had no really plan B that you felt great about no it's going to be up to step it's going to be up to the the rest of the running back room to to find a couple three options and I think they can We'll wind down hour one. Rick Kaczynski's on the way. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this first hour. Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Reminder about buckling up. And uh, there's over 1,500 crashes each year in Nebraska. Involving an impaired driver, drunk driving, buzzed or high driving, never acceptable. Law enforcement officers working every day to stop before more people are killed or injured. If you're going to drive, don't drink. If you do drink, designate a sober driver 
or get a ride share. Uh, a DUI costs more than you think. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. couple of segments with Kaz coming up. Rick Kaczynski, Tuesdays with Kaz on the way. Tomorrow, we are at the Warren Academy, the Future 50. And that's uh, 50 of the top high school prospects in the state of Nebraska and southwest Iowa. Uh, we'll be live 4 to 6 with Hale Varsity Radio. And uh, we'll be there uh, earlier in the day uh, catching up with some of the the top talent and preps uh, around the region and some guys that are going to wow that you may not know as much about as some of the other headliners from the Metro. So uh, excited about that. And uh, we'll also uh, stream yard some of it. So we'll have some 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 quick video sit downs with uh, some of these players from, from all different parts of the state of Nebraska, Lincoln, Omaha, and uh, some of the other regions uh, west or northeast or, or further west in the state of Nebraska. So excited about that. Uh, we may we may have to tase him, but we will have a few minutes with, with Joel Makovica. And it, it may take several tases to, to take a fullback down, uh, especially if we're, we're doing an interview near a goal line. Just, just saying. But uh, Steve Warren's awesome. Had a chance to talk with uh, Husker and Packer and founder of the Warren Academy yesterday. And Steve's done a ton, man. And it all started off with community work with the Dream Foundation. And then it kind of shifted to, to some training and coaching with kids. And uh, Steve's just been a big-time asset in the, uh, in the state and in the community with, with all the work he's done with so many high school kids. Elijah, did you do much camp work? Well, you were in, in high school that junior, senior season, or did you did you do it? And I ask that because I know we, we bitched and moaned about the temperatures a little bit, but, you know, right now Junior's getting ready for his freshman year of football. So they've been doing agility work and conditioning, and mm-hmm. it's been an ongoing weightlifting thing, so it's nice to have him up and going and, uh, and, and not sleeping off how late he was up playing, you know, Grand Theft Auto or whatever. So he's been doing that. That's been been good for him. But just as far as the camp thing goes, I mean, it was pretty advantageous between the, the college football programs you checked out or uh, just some of the, the city or, or training options you had. Yeah, and I, I went all over. I mean, I didn't go anywhere more than like four or five hours away, but I tried to hit all the camps I could just because it's a, it's a different coach coming in and giving you some insight. And, and I'll say, I mean, we discussed what the Warren Academy has done. And I feel like the Warren Academy is really coming into prevalence around my freshman year, about eight years mm-hmm. ago. And uh, man, just we, we discussed how the, the recruiting scene in Nebraska has gotten so much better. And we get all these three and four star guys and even five star in basketball. You, you can't discount the uh, effects of the Warren Academy and other, you know, not, I don't want to say copycat organizations, but other uh, places that have done the same training for these high school players and just how much better it prepares them to go out and get noticed at these camps and to perform well in their high school seasons. It's, it's, it's incredible stuff. And it's one of the reasons why uh, the high school talent is the way it is in Nebraska right now. Well, and think about some of the other states, right? Yeah, Texas, California, Florida, other regions have spring football, right? Well, you don't have a spring football in the state of Nebraska. You have other great sports to play, but you can do year-round training, and it's paying off. Rick Kaczynski's on the way, Hour 2 with Hale Varsity.
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's say hi to Rick Kaczynski, Tuesdays with Kaz, uh, coach at Nebraska and in Iowa. Kaz, uh, you got, what do you think of this conference realignment? First and foremost, how was the weekend? How's Kaz doing? <laughs> Kaz doing great, can't complain. So, uh, Gladden for punishment, picked up a, another team, picked my uh, son up playing a tournament, so I went and sat in about 120% humidity and uh, watched uh, four baseball games in two days. So, so it was, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was good, but uh, baseball is officially over now and uh, starting football. So they're already on their uh, third practice here. So uh, getting ready for football season down here in South Carolina. You know what? It sounds a lot like Junior. He had, uh, I think, he had a total of six games Thursday through Sunday in Des Moines, West Des Moines. Good times, great Saturday, Sunday not so much. But you know, and he's <laughs> and he's on to uh, uh, this is funny uh, agility training, and I think the training's great. But he's a Schmidt, so we'll see how the agility part works out. So. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's open, open, open. Mom's got <laughs> got a uh, got a four four six forty in her, maybe. You know what I mean? Mom's a ninja. So. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, that's that's absolutely the hope. Cas, you hit the nail on the head. So, what's your reaction to to Oklahoma and Texas here in, in the SEC? Were you, were you, are you one of those guys that's like it's just a matter of time, or? Are you are you shocked it's been this sudden? The the uh, the ask has been made here. The official um, movement here by by Texas and, and Oklahoma to apply for membership that that's in the works and uh, the Big Twelve is is shaky and you know what Coach Osborne knew it you know ten twelve years ago and Nebraska made the move to the Big Ten but as we look at here and now Kaz, what's your take on fit? With the SEC, with Texas and OU. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think you can look at fit anymore. And you know, this conference realignment—it's—it's—it isn't new. I mean, it's been happening. College athletics. You look at the Big East basketball from from back in the day. You look at the Big East conference when Miami was in there. Um, so it's been happening. As a purist, you know, you don't like it. You like to keep all the traditions together but that's just that's not the world we're we're in now um so i'm a matter of time guy Mm -hmm. would love for it to be the old way but that's just the old ways it's done um there's just too much money on the table um the brand's getting too big and when you with adding oklahoma and texas to the sec the sec's got an opportunity to make more than uh make more than literally the ncaa makes in a year I mean, literally, it'll it'll be it'll be billions of dollars with a B. It'll be it'll be over a billion dollars that the SEC brings in. And I think when you when you look at the Power Five, you got 20 schools that make the top 20 schools in the Power Five make 925 million dollars um, from football. So um, you know, 
I think it's just a matter of time with, you know, down here in SEC country, uh, you get exposed to a lot more of the media, obviously. And Sankey, uh, he hates Mark Emmerich. He, he wants to dissolve the NCAA. He's got a model. It's a power conference. Uh, basically, the NCAA has thrown up the white flag. You go back to COVID protocol, NIL, you look how they handled you, know, you look at women's softball, how they handle that, the facilities. You look at volleyball, the facilities, how they handle that. The championships, you know, that should be first rate. NCAA is a billion-dollar industry, and they're not, they're not doing what they're supposed to do, which is take care of the student-athletes. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if, uh, you know, you see a model with Greg Sankey putting a power conference together with divisions and, I think I think it can be a good thing the way it is now, but the Pac-12 is just I'm not not the way it is now, but I think where it's going, um, the Pac-12 is is done. There's or the, oh, not the Pac-12, but the uh, the Big 12. Mm-hmm. They they will no longer exist, and I think right now you're going to have a lot of schools trying to sell their brand to get into these 16, 20 team power I guess conferences or divisions. I think that's where we're heading with college football. Rick Kaczynski is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, is the SEC done with just Oklahoma and uh, Texas, or do they do they keep on rolling and try and go get Notre Dame, Clemson, whoever they want from the ACC? Do they make a move to try and get Ohio State and Michigan from the Big Ten? I mean, do they do they make it not thirty two, but do they go? the top 40 or 60 programs, do they make just one giant league of their own? Or do you think it, it, it's going to be, all right, there's absorption that happens, okay? So there's there's 16 to, to, to 20 team leagues, and it's just a, a four-league four setup, right? Like, kind of like it is, but you've got one or two leagues that get absorbed by other leagues. Do you think the SEC tries to take it all or they're just gonna gonna add a little bit a second helping to, to their plate, so to speak, in the form of Texas OU. How big does the SEC get? I guess. Yeah, I think it probably get expand a little bit more. But what, you know, they're a marquee conference. They're not going to take anybody. Just it's gonna it's gonna make, come down to dollars and and common sense. And uh, you know, so I think I guarantee there's a lot of teams right now trying to to sell their brand to the SEC. I, I can't imagine. You know, the Notre Dames, um, I know Clemson, Clemson's not going to leave the ACC. I think what you'll start seeing is the Power Five conferences, uh, besides the SEC trying to expand, and you're going to see the Big 12 and some PAC teams, I think, get absorbed by these leagues. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, heck, man, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if you've seen a, a Washington and a Big 10. Let's be honest, take geography out of it. Yeah. It has nothing to do with geography anymore. Um, and, and I think it can be a good thing. I mean, you, you look at the ACC, you know, the, and, and, you know, Clemson, nobody even challenges them. You know, look at the Big Ten, Ohio State, what do they want, five in a row? Um, but what I loved about this year with Notre Dame, uh, you're getting some mar- marquee matchups with Notre Dame, Clemson, and the ACC. Some, you know, everybody in college football love that. And I think – just the way it's going, I think you'll get more of that. And I think this is a preview. Um, I think they're kind of thinking ahead on the college football playoff. The college football playoff will continue to 
to expand. And I think this is going to give teams opportunities to get in that playoff because you're going to have teams with these conferences. I mean, Texas and Oklahoma right now, they're probably the fifth and sixth best teams. And I'm talking about Oklahoma. Oklahoma might be the maybe at best the fourth best team in the SEC right now. Mm. Texas, 7-8, maybe. Maybe. So, you know, you're going to have some teams with some lot with multiple losses. So I think they're putting these co- this once again, this is my opinion and sure, sure. talking to a few guys I know, their opinion, nothing educated, but I, I, I don't think you can fight it. The conferences as we know it, they're going away. The power five is gonna exist. Um not the way we know it. Might be power four mm-hmm. with uh the, the the twelve going away and people absorbing those twelve things. I mean Kansas you know, Kansas in the Big Ten makes sense to me. That makes sense to Nebraska. Um, Kansas football still makes a lot of money, no matter how you cut it. All right, and and then you have them as a basketball school. I think it aligns academically also. So I think right now what you're going to have is these other conferences besides the SEC looking to absorb these teams that kind of these men without a country. Some of these pack teams. Some of these, um, you know, some of these uh, Big Twelve teams. So I, I think that's, I think I really think that's where we're going. I can't imagine anybody from the Big Ten leaving. I can't imagine Clemson leaving. I can just see in those the Big Ten and the ACC bringing more people to the party. Gaz, going to go to the Notre Dame side before we dive into the Big Ten. Could Notre Dame be sweet talked by the Big Ten? Or do you think – I know that contractually they're aligned with, with the ACC because Notre Dame's priorities are playoff availability, what's going to get me to the playoff in football, what's going to take care of my Olympic sports, and what's not going to jeopardize NBC. Okay, that's bang, bang, bang. That's, that's the priority. But do you, do you foresee – and you've got Barry Alvarez now, a special assistant to to Commissioner Warren. Could could Barry and and some other power brokers within the Big Ten reach out one more time? Do you do you get told no a third time by Notre Dame? You got to try, don't you? If you're the Big Ten. Yeah, I just I don't know if the Big Ten would even try. I think Notre Dame they are going to try to uh, keep their independence in football as, as long as they can. They're going to try to play the service academies as long as it allows. Play the Southern, you know, Southern Cal. Sure. You know, they've been playing that game for about a hundred years, literally now. Um, I mean, there's just things that they don't that they don't want to give up, and they're in a position right now where they don't have to give it up. But you know, when you start getting this realignment in these um, these high volume conferences. You know, some of that might go away from Notre Dame, but I, I don't think I think it's going to be a few years before their hand is forced. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I mean, quite frankly, the NBC contract that's 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 vacation money to them. That's 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 absolute peanuts to them. Um, so I mean, I I know they like the exclusivity, uh, but like everything else, never never say never. I mean, if you would have said 20 years ago that Nebraska would have been in the Big Ten. In West Virginia and the SEC, in, or, or in the in the Big Twelve, mm-hmm. you know, in Missouri and the SEC, people would have looked at you uh, like you had three eyes. And uh, so, never say never. It, it's going to come down to money. It's going to come down to markets. Um, and I've kind of, 
I've kind of just gave into it uh, and said, okay, well, maybe this will be a good thing. You take the geography out of it. I still think you'll have uh, a lot of the pageantry left from the what was the alignments of the old con- uh, conferences. Uh, but I also see some opportunities for some for some teams. You know, I think it'll help people recruit nationally, and and I think a place like Nebraska. Notre Dame, um, you know, Penn State, where, where you, you have a national brand. I, I think it's going to benefit. I, I really think it's going to benefit because there's so much affiliation geographically with kids on the West Coast and the South and the, and the Southwest with, with the Big Ten schools. I think it would take that geography out of it, the, ge- the geographical affiliation, and I think it would open some more some more doors up. Um, and, and like I said, I think it would be some great ma- matchups. It, it's going to be like the NFL, in my opinion. You're going to have divisions. What, no matter what you call them, you're going to have multi-team divisions happening. I'm not sure what's going to happen to, um, you know, the UCFs, those type of schools. I, I, you know, they might stay within the NCAA but with, if I'm a betting man, Greg, Greg Sankey is getting these Power Five conferences and these ADs and everybody together and saying, let's get the hell away from the NCAA. And, and I'm, you know, I used to stand up for the NCAA to a point, but, man, I, it's just going away. I'm not sure how much good they do. I think the game, I think athletics has really passed them by. And just the way they've handled the last year with COVID – with the facilities for women, with the, the I mean, it, it, it's it's embarrassing to me. They put the white flag up. It's it's time to move on. It's time to move on and figure something out. And the SEC, they got money, and there's a model, and they're about to put themselves in position with adding Texas and Oklahoma to be richer than the NCAA. So, uh, you know, a lot of change, man. A lot of change. Wouldn't want to be an AD right now, or maybe I would, you know. But I think I think you got to look at it as it's an exciting time, man. And and conference. I, I think anytime this stuff happens, Schmitty, everybody's like, oh man, uh, what about? I mean, Texas doesn't play A and M anymore. Nebraska doesn't play Oklahoma anymore. I mean, you know, it's it's just kind of it's yeah. We we'd like to live in the past. All that stuff is great. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's great to read about. It's great to talk about. It's it's a it's part of your brand. But you know what? Unfortunately, kids don't care anymore. They want to go where they can win. Mm-hmm. They want to go where you can be on TV and play in nice facilities. And and that's what the Power Five is. That that's that's what it is. So I, I really really think that that's that's where it's heading. But to me. It took a while for me to talk myself into it, but I think it's going to be an exciting time for uh, for college football here moving forward. Rick Kaczynski is with us. Hail Varsity Radio, Kansas, take on Notre Dame and where their future may be. Some thoughts on Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, Kaz will have another segment with him coming up here in about uh, five, well, less than five minutes, about three minutes or so more with Kaz. The Big Ten, big picture, and uh, Barry Alvarez, his influence, and in, in what what do you do if you're the Big Ten? I love getting perspective on this from uh, guys like Coach Kaczynski, spent a lot of time in the Big Ten, so his take on the Big Ten and their future with uh, whether you go as they say, shopping or not, I've, I've tried not to wear you out on this expansion stuff. And I know we hit on it yesterday 
and we're taking time on it today. We'll get more full into uh, football mode tomorrow, but it's been pretty fascinating to see the the fallout with Texas and Oklahoma, and then you know the domino effect here. What what are the what are the remnants? What's the ripple look like? I mean, it's the biggest news in college football in five years, arguably ten years. I mean, I don't think spending two days on it is anything. Uh I think spending anything less than two days on it would be shortchanging it. Well, and we'll uh, get uh, get more from Rick Kaczynski. Is this last dance approach going to work for Aaron Rodgers? We'll try and answer that here in about 30 minutes. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! Rick Kaczynski's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Tuesdays with Kaz, Expansion Talk. Kaz, we, we talked Notre Dame, now I'm going to talk Big Ten. I don't think the Big Ten can, can stand pat with what the SEC has done. And you have an opportunity to add uh, some names if you're the Big Ten. The Big Ten's also... Well, they look at, at your academic standing, the, the, the chancellors and presidents, the A... Uh, AAU part uh, of of the equation too, and there's some fit. And you're right about about borders and, and geography. Just go ahead and punt on third down with that. Do you think it makes sense? And and does the Big Ten have to go get who they want from the Pac-12, i.e., SC and Oregon, a UCLA, a Washington, Stanford, Cal? I mean, do you pick up a six pack on the way home from work? Yeah, I mean, I mean, think about think about the Big Ten. Think about the West Coast travel. You know, think about adding a Washington. You know, I think that something like that would make sense. You know, a Washington. Not sure. You know, for Southern Cal would make sense, but it, you know, to me, Washington. That's a that's a great fit. Uh, you know, where does where does Stanford go? <laughs> you know, do they try to go independent like a Notre mm-hmm. Dame? I mean. So I, that's why I say I think it really thinks it's a it's exciting time. But I, I it would not shock me, it would absolutely not shock me to see uh, a Western expansion for the uh, for the Big Ten. And you know the great thing about the Big Ten, this is one thing that we used to sell at both Nebraska. And I, there's more Big Ten alumni in the country, um, in the 50 states than there are from any other conference. You know so. You know, that's just not athletes. That that is Big Ten alumni. So the Big Ten is represented in all facets, all parts of the country, uh, all segments. So I, I think the that that part of the expansion would make make great sense. And, and think about some of those think about some of those matchups. I mean, you you have destination matchups, um, and that's why I, I just keep saying, man, it's going to be an exciting time. But that wouldn't shock me. I don't know where you go east. I don't know what makes sense east anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think when they, they went, you know, you got Penn State, you got Maryland, you got Rutgers, you got those TVs. All right, where, where else do you go? I don't, I, don't think you go, I don't think you go to a Syracuse. I don't know who I – don't, I don't think you go to a West Virginia. Um, I'm, you know, I, I think you go west. I think the, the schools, when you look at academics and ac- uh, athletics, I think the schools out west marry up with uh, with Nebraska and the Big Ten way more than any schools that are left out, out east. I think you're right on. And, you know, you look at the, the blue blood tag where you got OU and Texas that have been added to the SEC. If you could get an, uh, a USC 
uh, with UCLA, and I know UCLA's not been been great in football, but and SC's been down, but they're still you know seven to nine wins down with some high level talent in Washington, and then the Oregon brand has been pretty fierce for twenty years, and it's it's an it program, and then the academics of a Stanford. And a cow. I mean, that Silicon Valley money on top of research dollars, uh, with paired with Northwestern. I, I, I think you got to do that. And you know, there's just there's some worry uh, within the Big Ten with Warren. You know, it's it's year two. Year one didn't go well. Spend a second here on on what Barry Alvarez and we talked to him last week at Media Days, and and he hadn't talked with all the meetings he's been a part of. Uh, expansion wasn't really something that was brought up. Do you think everyone was blindsided by this, or do you think maybe four or five people knew within the SEC, and and they just kept it quiet till till Big Twelve Media Days? Oh no, this this this, this has been in the works. You can't you can't make a, a drastic decision like this and right. departure. This has been in the work a long time. How Texas, especially coming out of Austin, how that was kept a secret, that is that is be absolutely beyond me. And uh, but they did a hell of a job uh, keeping it a secret. But this isn't something that just came up. Um, I guarantee you know with COVID and just the way the NCAA handled things and allowed the conferences to basically say, okay, you handle it however you want. NIL, you handle it however we want, however you want. Uh, like I said, they, they've thrown up the white flag. There's, there's been no governance. Mm-hmm. And you look at the playoff committee, um, you look at what the SC, SEC has done, what Greg Sankey has done, with, with these guys that have been around the game, right? And I, I really think that those, guys, those folks have come together and said, wait a minute, we can do this better than them. And it's just to me, and I think when you look at the SEC, when you look at a guy like Barry, you know, if I think I think Barry sees things black and white. Why does a corp if a corporation, if you look at if you look at college football as a corporation, mm-hmm. when you got the top twenty Power Five football teams earning nine hundred and twenty-five million dollars, why do they have to follow the same rules as Bingham, Binghamton hockey? up in New York. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. That wouldn't make sense anywhere else in the world, but that's how the NCAA operates. Um, you know, so, so I think people got tired of the NCAA collecting checks and standing pat, taking care of themselves while not taking care of the student athletes, the institutions, and, and then going and telling all these universities and ADs, hey, you go handle it. Right, and I mean, all due respect to Kevin Warren, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I obviously didn't do a good job last year, but there should have been some guidance and some education from the NCAA, and there was nothing. Just like NIL, people are absolutely clueless with the NIL right now. There was absolutely no education, nothing from the NCAA, and I think that's where they finally said. And a guy like Barry and his guidance, hey, this is where guys like that, that's where you can't put a dollar figure on expertise, on experience, um, and wisdom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Barry probably didn't talk about expansion, but I guarantee he knew about it. 
And Barry Alvarez, he's not a guy. He's not going to leak things. He's not going to. He's going to hold his cards close to the vest. So I guarantee that administrators, ads, people saw this thing coming for a long time. I don't know if they saw it coming from Texas and Oklahoma, mm-hmm. um, but they saw it coming. For you to announce it right before Jimbo <laughs> comes up, right before A and M comes up, and all that other stuff. I mean, it's um, you know the timing of it was in, in, impeccable. Um, so uh, typical, you know, Texas. I think people are a little bit shocked by OU, but you know, just you know, th- there's just too much planning, mm-hmm. too many things behind the scenes, too many lawyers, too many legalities, uh, too many rights, too many documents that need to be written, and too much money for this to be just a decision that you made over a couple weeks. So, answer your question there. Um, uh, this has been in the works, maybe, in my opinion. Well, and, and I think so, just how long. And last thought, Rick Kaczynski's with us. You know, is Barry Alvarez kind of the key for the Big Ten to, 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 to be reactionary? Maybe, and maybe, they, maybe they've, like, like we're talking here, things are in the works. Maybe the Big Ten's got their ducks in a row here, pun intended, and it, it's be okay. Yeah. But uh, Barry's got to be well, kind of that calming voice and influence and 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 power broker, doesn't he? I mean, for the Big Ten. Yeah. Well. Well. And here's. I think. I think you're looking at this a little bit wrong, Schmitty. Sure. I, sure, I, sure right sure. now, who who has the leverage? The Big Ten has the leverage, right? Just like the SEC has the leverage. Right now, you don't have Big Ten schools trying to find another conference. You got people trying to join the Big Ten. Right. You got people that want to join the the SEC. Right, those are the two biggest money-making conferences. So you have you have leverage right now. I mean, you got asked to the prom by you know three different girls. You're trying to pick the prettiest one, right? You can't decide which one you want to go to. That that's the Big Ten's problem right now, in my opinion. And same thing with the SEC. Who's the big fit? Who's the best fit? And the best fit is money and TVs. Yeah. We can say academics. They'll figure out. They'll they'll spin the academic side. All that. It's going to come down to money. It's going to come down to TVs, which. In turn comes money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so to me, I don't look at you know the the Big Ten being reaction. I think the Big Ten can stand stand pat. You know, the the Big Ten, in my opinion, is in the interview process. Sure. The the Big Ten is is a great conference. The 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 Big Ten is a conference people want to be a part of. Um, the, you know, so I guarantee you know you got Kansas right now putting a pitch together. You got Iowa State putting a pitch together. You got a, a Baylor. You know, Baylor might make sense. You know, Texas Tech doesn't to me, but Baylor with academics, private. Hey, let's add another private school mm-hmm. down in Texas. You know, what, whatever, man. I so I think, I think that's the way you got to look at it. So to me, I'm sitting here saying the Big Ten is a desirable conference. So is the SEC. Okay, so tell me, start selling, start selling me on why you should be a member of 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 these two power five conferences. So I wouldn't worry about the big 10 wouldn't worry about Nebraska. Any, I mean, Nebraska has a brand. All right. Ohio state has a brand. I mean, schools in the big 10 have a brand everywhere in this country, some bigger, some a little bit smaller, but everybody knows the big 10. Um, so I wouldn't worry about any of that or reactionary on that end. Not my, you know, my concern is, you know, picking the right date to go to the dance with you. <laughs> Rick Kaczynski, uh, Mr. Prom, baby, uh, with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, this was fun. Thanks for going through realignment with us today, man. Absolutely, brother. Thanks for having me on. Rick Kaczynski there, uh, plenty of 
reaction from him on expansion and the SEC and Oklahoma and Texas and where the Big Ten's at. And I think he's right on. And, and right now it's uh, potentially an interview process. you got to feel like there's been some teams or will be teams that continue to reach out. And I just feel better if Barry's answering that phone call versus old Kev <laughs> within the Big Ten. And I don't know. I, I think you got to, I think you kind of got to, got to one up the, the SEC. I mean, you, you're, you're trying to, to win the dollars race. You already have done that with your current setup. So, so maybe, you, maybe you grab who you want from the, the Pac 12 and maybe you talk about Kansas. Yeah, I don't, I don't think. One up in the SEC should be the goal here. It should just be keeping pace with the SEC. If you can keep pace with the SEC, be it I mean, even if you don't put up the same numbers in basket or in football, maybe you can uh, make up for it in basketball by adding a school like Kansas. Because at the end of the day, football does drive the, the dollars and the cents and, and everything in college or in college athletics. But uh, I think you can do enough with basketball that if you added a basketball program and a football program, it could be enough to just keep up with the SEC. Fair, totally fair, and. But why not? I see your wow move and I raise you your wow move. And ultimately, it's going to help you with your renegotiation. Go, so, get, the, go get the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> go bring them no, in the Big Ten. I don't want to have to watch them every Saturday because <laughs> I can avoid them on Sunday. Aaron Rodgers, what's next for him? He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a hot preteen Swedish boy. And out it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Well, what'd you think? Aaron Rodgers went back to work. Aaron Rodgers had the backpack going, had the office shirt going with Kevin from the office on it, the famous chili and the chili scene that got spilled all over Dunder Mifflin. And the the dreaded man bun. I have some friends that have a man bun. I guess I'm just jealous I can't pull it off or have never pulled it off. So there we go. Um, last dance. One more hurrah. How does this end? What do you believe? Aaron caved or, or Green Bay caved? I think Aaron caved, first off. Adam Schefter's got to write it favorably for Aaron to get the, the heads up, probably. That's fine. Answer me this. Is the legacy tarnished? For Aaron Rodgers. As many games as Brett Favre played with Green Bay, not wanting to go to camp, coming back to camp, being in the news, probably not being a great teammate to Aaron Rodgers, which I get. I mean, you're protective of your sandbox. And then going to New York and then ended up in Minneapolis. And I loved watching Favre. But for Green Bay to go back-to-back, trade for for Brett Favre, and then draft Aaron Rodgers, wow. (laughs) Okay? So, I don't know what concessions were made. Do they go get Randall Cobb? That'd be cool if they did. 
but what I'm hearing is that Aaron Rodgers wanted to pick, you know, who the Green Bay defensive coordinator was. And what's Aaron Rodgers going to bring? Is he ticked off at how things went down against Tom Brady? Yes. Didn't get to go for it on fourth down. You did nothing with, with three turnovers in the second half against Tampa. You're one in four in NFC championship games. He's been good enough to, to have more than one Super Bowl ring, period. And what is he going to be like with, with no work this offseason? Is he a guy that comes in and flips the switch? As arm talented as he is and as mobile and graceful as he is, as effort, effortless as it looks for him to throw the football and move around and be mobile, never, I mean, he, he separated the shoulder a couple times, but for the point being, he doesn't get killed because he's pretty graceful around in that pocket with that arm talent. Is he going to be his, his money this year as he was last year? Because for them to kind of rise above his crap and his BS and the other 52 teammates, he better just be insanely on fire every every game so they're 13-3 and three again. Because if I'm a teammate of his, I'm annoyed you put us in jeopardy. It's about making money, but yeah, you want to win too. It's more so about winning ball games. He needs to be every inch as good as he was last year. And with with this offseason antics, is he is he going to come in with a chip on his shoulder, something to prove, or is he going to come in with the attitude and mindset that I'm doing time? I would argue that that this is. Of the the holdouts we've seen recently, um, and, and maybe the the social media aspect of things change things. You get to see Aaron's side of the story more, but I, I think this has been one of the more favorable situations like this for a player because Aaron Rodgers didn't do this for the money. When you look at other players, Ezekiel Elliott holding out, uh, I think Todd Gurley held out a few years ago, looking for more money. Um, the the average person sitting at home goes. Really, what's the difference for you between twenty million and twenty-five million a year? Whenever you look at me, twelve million take home or ten and a half well, take yeah, home. Yeah, and when you're looking at that as an average fan, you go, "All right, this guy, like, come on, man, go go play football. You're making millions of dollars anyway." But with Aaron, it was different because it was never about the money. No, it was, it, was about leadership. It was, this is about leadership, and this is about his ability to to be successful in Green Bay. What did Aaron Rodgers want? He wanted the GM to make moves that benefited him and the team as a whole, and he didn't feel like he was getting that impact. Packers fans, I think, actually stood behind Aaron Rodgers in this one, and I speak from my experience living with a Packers fan, as well as a, a video I saw last week where uh, they were uh, they were talking to the GM, and then the president introduced him uh, in Lambeau to the fans and said, uh, "This is the like the right man to to lead our team going forward." He's and one of the booze reigned forward. One of the fans, I was close to the guy taking the video, yelled, "But can he throw a football?" And that, that's that's where players, these Packers players fans are coming win from. Games, brother. Is the players win the games, and whenever the player is sitting here saying this is unacceptable because I'm not being put in a position where I can win from the GM, I think the the fans are going to stand behind that player and go, "He's right. You can do more to help him win games." If the quarterback who has been leading our franchise for the past decade has won us a Super Bowl and has taken us taken us to five NFC Championship games, uh, is saying he needs more help, then he probably needs more help. Instead, you go draft. Jordan Love, because you want to make a splash, and you're the GM, you're the boss, I'm not listening to you, Cal Berkeley boy, leave me alone. 
and that's it's no different than an AD coming in and blowing things up was, to make to make a splash and put your stamp on. If you're right, I don't care. But so many times these guys aren't right. It's it's about ego. Now with Aaron Rodgers, he did throw a a, a tantrum. He's been ticked off. He's frustrated. The window's closing, and he doesn't want to be around. The, the, the current leadership in Green Bay. The point is, you've agreed to disagree. Everybody's back for a year. You go, you go play for and try and win it. And then you go your separate, ra- separate ways. Aaron's, Aaron's old 17 years, but I, I mean vintage, not old, because he doesn't have as many miles on him compared to a guy who's been in the league 17 years. He's played 15. 15. So... I, I think your points are money. I think they're right on in, in the court of public opinion with Rodgers and the Green Bay saga. There's, there's also the side of the coin where, dude, everyone's got a boss. So no matter if you think your boss is full of crap or not, you got to listen to him because you're not the boss or go somewhere else. Don't drag down everybody else around your drama. And to me, a little Aaron, because of his clout, was able to get away and do that. So, long story short, give me a Brady and Rodgers part two <laughs> in the NFC Championship. And then send him to Dallas or put him back to your Dolphins or my Dolphins. Throw him down in Miami or, or go to Denver. I mean, let's, let's figure out. Right now, the, the top three likely landing spots for Aaron Rodgers in 2022 for our friends at Barstool, Denver, Cleveland, D.C. Hmm, I'm surprised Oakland's not on the list. Exactly. I mean, you have two quarterbacks, Watson and Rodgers, that you think will be on the move, assuming Watson's not in NFL jail. Or regular jail. Or regular jail, uh, allegedly. For all the, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of women that had a pretty tough experience with visiting uh, Deshaun Watson. I think Aaron's throwing his his ego around, but I don't think he's wrong. I don't think he was wrong with being frustrated. He wants to go win ball games, and if you don't see my vision, get me out of here. That's what he tried. Well, at least he's back. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring me in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time on the road tomorrow at the Ward Academy, the Future 50. Some of the top prospects, high school athletes in the uh, state of Nebraska, Southwest Iowa, Steve Warren. Uh, thanks to, to him, we get we got the invite out uh, to be there. So we'll be do, doing Hale Varsity Live 4-6. to six. We'll get there quite a bit earlier than that and run down some of the top prospects uh, for you to, to, to watch and listen to. So excited about that. Uh, Brad Edwards tomorrow on the show. And, uh, yeah, Nebraska Media Day Thursday, so players and a little bit of Coach Frost, and we get things rocking with Fan Day Thursday, and then 
Camp is here, man. Friday, we are about a month away from Nebraska, Illinois. That's for some reason, this month of July has felt like the fastest month of the year. Maybe it's because COVID's reopening and. I mean, but usually for what is a, a pretty dead period of talking about Husker <laughs> athletics, we have just had everything to talk about every single day, it feels like. Uh, and I can't believe football season's almost here, which knowing how fast this month has been, the next month's probably just going to drag by. New athletic director, expansion, AD search before all of that, the Moose News. Now you have Oklahoma, Texas. What's the Big Ten do? And Big Ten has got to do this uh, this addition from a strength standpoint back to what Kaz said. It's leverage. You pick who you want and you pick you pick fit. And it's more about TVs and dollars and I know you don't want to just do the keep up with the Joneses but you need a appropriate response You need an appropriate response to the point where you're needed to be competition with the SEC. If this thing goes to kind of an NFL, AFL setup where the haves are playing the haves, the nots are not playing the haves anymore, that that would be no good for the Big Ten to not be able to to challenge, let's just say it, it would be no good for Ohio State not to get a crack at Alabama or Clemson again in the college football playoff as you expand. So you need to stay in that realm and you need to be the choice, the dance partner. So go get some some blue bloods and some teams of, of weight that are in the conversation. Not It's not Texas. It's not Oklahoma. I realize, but you still have some good teams in the Big Ten and go grab who you want, who you want and who you need to fill out the rest of this uh, this expanded Big Ten. You got to be in position of strength to match the SEC, or they just keep adding. Maybe not this year, maybe it's next year, maybe it's four years down the road, but by 2025, you're going to have uh, a, a, a new world of college football. Well, and the, the the moves the Big Ten's making now is ensuring the, the health of the conference 10, 15 years from now. If you don't do enough now, you could be what the Big 12 is going through right now in 15 years, and you could have your top teams being poached by the SEC Super Conference. So that if the Big Ten doesn't do enough now, it could mean bad, bad things. I don't mean two years from now, but talk 10, 15 years down the road. could be a, a nail in the coffin for the Big Ten. I mean, 10. if you're moving towards just one Super Premier League, guy, force the invite. Talk to you tomorrow at 4. Thanks.